Let's get into the sermon today. Um, you know, traditionally, it's always the the first message of the year is always a vision sermon. And so I entitled my message today, A New Vision. And so it comes from Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, as well as 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10. Let's read the word of God together. Matthew 22 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this year that was so difficult, this 2021 that was so difficult for a lot of us. But Father, we thank you so much because we know that you're in control and that your love reigns over it all. And so we thank you, God, that you're with us. We thank you, God, that you love us. And we thank you, God, that you're always working out your good within us. And so we trust in you and we love you and we invest in you even more as we head into 2022 together. Speak to us today, God, that your heart might be ours so that we might truly be the people that love you and give you glory the way you designed us to and the way you deserve. We thank you, God, so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, 2021 was a very challenging year, wasn't it? I mean, just for fun, I decided to look up the most trending words of 2021 on the internet. And this is what I found. You know, according to Merriam-Webster, which is one of the foremost dictionaries of the English language, the word of the year, can you guys guess what it is? The word of the year for 2021? It's the word vaccine. And that makes sense, right? How many times have you used that word last year? We probably used it hundreds of times. So it makes totally sense. But according to Grammarly.com, the top five words or phrases of 2021 in this order are these. Number one is vexed. Number two, variant. Number three, languishing. Number four, hybrid work. And number five, the great resignation. No surprise there, right? The biggest event of the past two years is still the biggest ongoing event today, which is COVID. It has redefined the way we think. It has redefined the way we operate, even the way we talk and the vocabulary that we use. It has changed the way we work, the way we relate, and even the way we worship. You know, COVID has changed so many things and has made life very challenging in so many ways. And it's been a very, very tough two years. But the reason why I say all this is not to talk about COVID. That's not the point today. But it's to point out that COVID has definitely forced us to think about and to choose what we value most in life. And not only that, but how we actually want to live out those values and what we value most in our lives. You know, work used to be just about getting that paycheck so we can, you know, live the lifestyles that we wish. Or maybe work was just about the career path that you began after you graduated. But now, in light of all that's gone on, that great resignation is kind of showing us that people now want to do what they value and what they really believe in with 
their careers rather than just what they graduated with. You know, family and friends were always something that we valued all the time. But in light of COVID, I think it really, we all began to question whether we have really deep connections with our family members and with our friends, whether we have true quality relationships with them, or if we're satisfied with just kind of knowing them on the surface. And it's caused us to want to invest much more in family and in friendships. Even in church and faith, I think COVID is clarifying and highlighting what is actually most important about our faith and what church should really be all about. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, true love for our brothers and sisters, and genuine worship. And I think people are hungering for genuine faith to be practiced in that way, don't you think? You know, as a leader, as a spiritual leader, COVID has really challenged me to think about what really matters. You know, I, there's been so much tragedy that has gone in the, in, in the past two years all around the world. I mean, the numbers that we hear even now, every single day, those numbers are hard to argue, aren't they? And I believe it calls all of us as believers to start thinking a bit differently about our faith as well. You know, the first Sunday of every single year is, a, is traditionally reserved for that message on vision. You know, for the first 25 years of ministry, you know, I've always preached a vision message on the first Sunday of every year. And I always believe that vision and those vision messages were vital and important to the life and direction of the church. But after doing ministry for 25 years in many different churches around the world, I'm starting to think a little bit differently. And the reason for that is not because there's nothing, anything wrong with vision, but um, I think especially in light of these past two years, what I'm realizing is there really is nothing that can replace God's vision for his people, which is to love him with all that we have and then to express that in loving each other in the exact same way. You know, Matthew 22 summed that up perfectly for us. It tells us that love really is it. A life truly focused and centered around loving God with all of our whole lives and expressing that love in Christ-like ways to our brothers and sisters and to our fellow man is why Christ came to save us. You know, all that we do here at FLM will always be done to fulfill this particular purpose and mission. Everything that we do here in our ministry will always help you either love God with all that you have or help you practice love to your brothers and sisters in this world. You know, one benefit that COVID has really given the church is the ability to cut the fat, right? You know, there are so many programs and so many meetings and so many committees that exist in churches and they're on that church calendar that don't kind of really achieve God's vision and mission for the church. And this particular pandemic has given us as church leaders the ability to cut out all those programs that don't fulfill it and then even introduce new ones that do. And that's why, you know, I can say very proudly that I love what we do here at FLM. I absolutely love what God is doing, let's say, through our CG system. I'm so proud of all of you for having the courage early last year to join a group of strangers each week to grow in your faith. Thank you so much for being vulnerable, for, you know, opening up and entrusting people with your lives and, and asking them for prayer, asking them for help and helping each other grow to know Jesus and to live for Jesus better. I love the way that our officers and our leaders are making decisions, you know, to help you guys grow and to equip you guys 
for ministry. That's been absolutely wonderful, especially, you know, I get to meet with the officers every single week and just the transformation of how we're thinking, you know, how we choose to love you guys, how we choose to serve. It's been an absolute, like, miracle, not miracle, but it's been a wonder to be a part of. I'm just so thankful that I could be a part of that journey. You know, I love how our Sunday services are evolving to become honest places of sincere worship you know, not only loving God with all that we have, but so that we can love each other. You know, the people in our ministry here at FLM, you guys are the true treasures. And I'm so thankful that I get to journey with you guys during this time. Wouldn't you guys agree? Isn't it awesome? You know, but the reality is too, is we still have a long way to go. And so to help us get there, I've included this next passage in scripture in 2 Corinthians, um, which is something that I feel like God is speaking to me very powerfully these days, not only for myself, but it's something that I'd love to share with you so that we could become who God has called us to be. You know, I truly believe that the only way that a church genuinely grows in faith is by growing together. Unity is one of God's highest values, not only for the church, but in our lives as brothers and sisters. There is, did you guys know there's a command about keeping the unity of believers in every New Testament book? That's how much God values unity. The number one way Satan destroys a church is by destroying the unity of believers in some way or another. So if we truly want to grow genuinely, then we must grow as one together. You know, during this year's lockdown, I had the opportunity to read many books. And one book in particular really challenged my perspective on church. And to put it simply and to summarize it very simply, it's this, you know, what unifies us as a church or as a people is never our successes or our achievements. It's not even our blessings or our joys, but what truly unifies people is our struggles, our disappointments, our failures, and our brokenness. Here, let me ask you a few questions and just, you know, how many of you graduated ducks or at the top of your class? Right? How many people here have won a gold medal in the Olympics? How many people here are multi-billionaires? How many people here are leaders in their field, in business, technology, or arts, or whatever field you might be in? How many people here are the most spiritual people in Australia? You know, you can you know that you're closest to Jesus. Is that a fair question to ask? Not many, right? But later, let me ask you this question. Me asking those questions to you, how did those questions make you feel? Did they make you feel insecure, less than special, maybe a little bit like a failure? Yeah, basically everything that God declares that we shouldn't feel, right? And I don't know why it is, but why is it that Asians especially want to be people in those categories so badly? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I hated the most growing up? was when my parents would say things like, you know, Mrs. Lee's son got into Harvard this year, Eddie. Oh, I would hate that. You know, Mrs. Mr. Kim's daughter is the concert mistress of her orchestra, you know. You know, whatever, things like that. Mr. Choi's kid, you know, won an award for being the greatest child of all time in the history of children, you know, whatever. You know, and I and I hated those things. And I and I hated hearing that, but I, I ended up being envious. I ended up being jealous. I ended up hating a lot of those kids when they didn't even do anything to me. You know? 
Now, please don't misunderstand me here. There's nothing wrong with achievements. There's nothing wrong with being great in what you do. There's nothing wrong with being the best. That's actually really great. Good on you. I, and I'll celebrate that too. But have you ever noticed that achievements and being the best a lot of times serves to divide a people? Being the best literally means that there is nobody as good as you. It literally shouts, I am better than you, and here's the proof, right? And, and that doesn't help if our goal is unity. But let me ask you a different set of questions, and let's see if you react or feel a little bit differently. How many here, how many of you know what it's like to be rejected by someone that you've had a crush on for a long time or that someone that you really like? How many of you know what it's like to not get into that program that you really wanted to get into or to not get that job that you really wanted, right? How many of you knows what it feels like to lose a loved one? How many of you know what it feels like to be constantly reminded of your failures and of your shortcomings and of your past? You know, if you're married, you probably get reminded every day, right? But, all, but these are all heartbreaks. They're all disappointments. They're all a brokenness that we can all relate to, isn't it? No matter what country you're from, no matter what language you speak, no matter what socioeconomic status you might be from, the experiences of heartbreak, disappointment, sadness, and despair are unifying in every way. They bring humanity together in ways that successes never could. That's why one of the greatest parts of the Christmas story, just like I talked about last week, is that Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. He humbled himself so that he could step into our struggles and be with us to hold our hand and to suffer alongside of us. And his truth doesn't lead us to victory or a gold medal or becoming the best at anything, but his truth leads us to freedom and love and generosity from the sinfulness that all those experiences have in common, equipping, up, equipping us to be Christ now to others as he was to us. Loving him and being loved by him so that we can now love each other as he loves us. That's amazing, isn't it? And that's what our, our second passage really talks about, the 2 Corinthians passage. And this year, as I talk about that, I hope all of us adopt these values as ours. In our passage today, in the 2 Corinthians passage, Paul says two great things. The first is this, God is all that we need. Verse 9, the Word of God says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, in this passage, Paul is actually suffering and he asks God to take away the suffering from his life. But instead of taking it away, God says, Paul, my grace is enough for you. His grace is sufficient, meaning it's not only enough, but it's ample. It's overflowing. That's all that Paul needs. And the reason why God says that is what I want us to focus upon. God says that his grace is enough because his power is made perfect in our weakness. Isn't that amazing? How is that possible? How is God's power made perfect in our weakness? 
It's only possible when we trust that God is using our sufferings for his glory. You see, you know, a lot of times when we go through suffering and when we go through challenging times and when we go through difficulties and heartbreak and despair, a lot of times we are really short-sighted in our vision. You know, when we go through those tough times, all we see are the tough times, are the sufferings in front of our faces, which is normal. But what Paul has learned over time is that God has been using all of his sufferings, Paul's sufferings, for his glory, as so many Christians over the years have experienced. You know, it's no coincidence that I see ministries that save children from abuse, led by people who are abused as children. They know exactly what it feels like. They know exactly what these children are going through. So they're the best fit to love and take care of them. I see ministries that build families biblically, led by people who come from broken homes, right? These are all ministers who have experienced God's redeeming power through their suffering so they can now use it for his glory. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about here. You know, what we think are our weaknesses or our shame because of the stuff that we are, we've gone through in the past, God actually redeems for his glory. Do you see that? His grace is actively at work through our suffering. His power is made perfect in every weakness. And therefore, Paul, knowing that and understanding the way God works, boasts in his weaknesses all the more because he knows that God is working his grace and his power to redeem them for his glory tomorrow. And Paul loves that. And I hope that's something that we start to learn how to love a lot as well. But do you see why he loves it? You know, there are two reasons why he loves it. First, it's because he loves that God is alive and working in him. There really is no greater experience or greater knowledge in this life than to know that God is alive in you, that God is working in your life. But secondly, it's because he knows that God is going to use it to impact others in this world for his glory. This whole passage, this 2 Corinthians passage, is basically a love letter from Paul to the Corinthian people telling him how much he loves them. And what he's saying here is that God is working and redeeming the broken parts in him as he goes through them so that God can be more powerful through him for them, you know? And if there's anything greater than knowing that God is working in us and is alive in us, it's knowing that God is working in us and through us for others, which leads me to the second point or the second thing that God is, that Paul is saying here in this passage. And that's this, I exist for you. That's our second point. Verse 10 says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And what Paul's saying here is very, very simple. He's saying that he delights in all of his weaknesses, in all of his difficulties that he goes through, because as God redeems them for his glory, he's going to use them to minister to others much more strongly. So every time we go through struggles, every time we feel absolutely weak, we have to know that the grace of God and the power of God is changing us and redeeming all this brokenness for his glory, so that other people can be impacted, so that we can be used so much more powerfully. And the reason why Paul boasts about all that is because he knows that he exists to be a minister to others. I exist 
for you, right? And I hope that that's a mindset that all of us adopt as we enter into 2022. You know, I don't know about you, but I come out of 2021. um, I don't come out of 2021 thinking that I'm better in any way. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I think I come out of 2021 feeling a little bit more broken, if I'm very honest with you. But just like Paul, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choose to rejoice in it. Why? Because God is working in my brokenness. I believe it. God is working his grace and his power to redeem my brokenness for his glory tomorrow. And more than what that can even do for me personally, what I want even more is for all of you to know God more powerfully through me. And so I am going to choose to rejoice in my weakness. I'm going to choose to rejoice in the sickness as much as it hurts, right? For when I am weak, in reality, if we truly believe in truth and, you know, biblical truth, I am even stronger in the Lord. Do you guys get that? When I am weak, the reality is God is stronger in me. I am stronger in the Lord. And I hope all of you adopt that perspective. I hope 2022 is a year that you want God to shine more brightly and more powerfully through you. If you do, learn to rejoice in Emmanuel, who not only walks with you because he's with you, but redeems the suffering and the challenges that you're going through now so that others can experience God much more powerfully through you this year. I hope you make that your goal. As you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, especially through the tough times, God is redeeming your brokenness, your failures, your shortcomings, and sufferings so that you can minister to others much more powerfully for his glory. All to say, God is working powerfully in you. James 1, 2-4 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right? This is what God is doing in us. You know, the past two years have been very, very tough, hasn't it? It has. But if we understand this passage correctly, God is working even more powerfully through it and in you. So as we enter into 2022, let's be a people who now understand what God does through suffering and challenges and maybe even pandemics. And let's be a people who welcome suffering and who welcome struggle as they come, knowing that God will redeem it for his glory. And by the looks of it, especially looking at the numbers today, there's going to be a lot of redeeming this year, you know, and through it, let's rejoice because God is redeeming it in us so that his power and his grace might transform others through us. So let's make this year a year that we boast about our weaknesses, that we become a church that's unified through our pride in God and not in ourselves. So that God can become greater in us and through us, impacting and transforming others as a result. Let's pray. Why don't we thank God? As we begin the year, let's thank God for our struggles. Let's just spend some time thanking him, right? Now that we understand what God's doing through struggles. Let's thank God for all the tragedies and for all the challenges 
of these past two years, knowing that God is powerfully at work. And let's ask God to continually give us his eternal perspective so that our lives can be used for his glory above all in 2022. Let's pray. challenges that the past two years has presented to us. Not because of COVID, but just everything about life itself. We thank you and we praise you for it because we know that you are working powerfully in us, that you are making us more like Jesus, not just so that we can become more like Jesus, so that, but so that we can be Jesus to others. Lord, we ask that you continually clarify and redefine what it means to be a follower of Christ. And Father, we pray that you help us truly live lives that love you with all that we have so that we can express that love to others just like you loved us. Lord, we wanna be used in that way. We believe that you're redeeming all the difficulties of our past and even what we're going through now for your glory tomorrow. So we ask God in 2022, that you make us into a church that boasts about our weaknesses, that boasts about our difficulties, so that, because we know that you are much stronger in them. And Father, we thank you, God, that you are, because we want to see you work powerfully in us this year so that many more can come to know Jesus in our church, through us and through our people in our ministry. Father, we pray that you'll use us powerfully for that and for your glory. We thank you, God. We love you. Father, we also lift up a prayer for all the people who might be sick and suffering as a result of COVID. We know that it's spreading powerfully within our city today. Lord, we ask that you heal all those people, that you protect their families. And Father God, that you just increase our awareness of how much we just need to love each other for you and for your glory. Turn people's hearts towards Jesus through all this, God, for your glory. We thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.